Welcome and good evening. For any of you who are visiting with us, I'm Pastor John, the senior pastor here at Stonebridge. And normally on Saturday night, we have a full worship service with music and preaching. But tonight, we're just doing scripture reading. Uh, the people behind me, which I'll introduce in a second here, they're going to be reading to you the Gospel of Mark from beginning to end, all 16 chapters of the Gospel of Mark. And a couple of things I wanted to say before I introduce them to you all. First off, this is going to be a different translation than the Gospel of Mark that you are used to. I'm certain of it. It's a translation that was done specifically for oral performance, for the Gospel of Mark being read out loud. And the translators worked to try to keep the various nuances and the things that get smoothed out from Greek to English normally, they left that in there. So you're going to hear the word immediately a lot. You're going to hear the word and a lot. Peter's name in this translation is actually rock because that is his Greek name. The name Peter means rock in Greek. And you're going to hear times where people tell others to shut up. And Jesus actually says, shut up, because that's a closer translation to what Jesus says. So some of the translation will feel a little different. Embrace it and just know that that's probably more similar to how the gospel actually reads than what you might be used to. The other thing I want to remind you all too is, well, not remind you, I'm going to tell you, we are going to be doing an intermission after Mark chapter 8. So halfway through, we're going to have a five-minute intermission. We're going to give them a bit of a break. You'll get a break, and then we'll come back and finish the second half of the gospel. So I'm going to introduce now our readers, and then I'll say a prayer, and we will begin. So first, we have Haley Adrian. Haley is a senior at Simi Valley, and next year she's going to go to college, but we don't know where yet. And don't ask her. She doesn't know. She's still figuring it out. And then we have Steve Tapp. Steve has been here at Stonebridge for a very long time, participated in many, many different events, and he uh, did the bongos for a while, too, in the worship band. And then we have Bonnie Rieger. Um, Bonnie is, uh, became a member about a year and a half, two years ago, um, but you guys have been around here for about four years or so now. Um, she and her husband, Patrick, who is sitting next to her, uh, they have two children, um, Josiah and Vince, who are here at Stonebridge as well. And Bonnie is at home with the kids now, and Patrick works as a screenwriter for uh, play, a preschool television age programs. Um, and then we have Katie Curtis. Katie just graduated from high school here, and she's over at Kowloon now, and she grew up here at Stonebridge. So let's give them a round of applause. They've been practicing and working at this and giving up of their own time to put this evening together. So thank you all for what you put into this. Now let me say a prayer, and then let's be blessed by the scriptures. Please pray with me. Lord, we are gathered here for one sole purpose, to hear your word read. So right now, may your Holy Spirit illuminate these scriptures as the Gospel of Mark is read, may we be transformed, may we be pulled into the story of this Gospel, and may our hope be deepened through this experience, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide us now. We thank you, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. The Gospel of Mark. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Anointed One, the Son of God was just as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will pave your way. The cry of one shouting in the desert, 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. It was John baptizing in the desert and proclaiming a baptism of turning around for pardon of sins. And the whole Judean countryside and all the Jerusalemites were going out to him and being baptized by him in the Jordan River, publicly admitting their sins. And John was wearing camel's hair with a leather band around his waist, and he was eating grasshoppers and wild honey. And he was proclaiming, saying, After me is coming one stronger than I am, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with Holy Spirit. And it happened in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. And coming up from the water, immediately he saw the heavens being ripped open and the spirit like a dove coming down onto him. And there was a voice from the heavens, you are my beloved son. I delighted choosing you. And immediately the spirit drove him out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days tested by Satan. And he was among the wild animals and the angels were serving him. Now after John was handed over to prison, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news about God and saying, the right time is fulfilled and the rule of God has arrived. Turn around and put faith in the good news. And going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting nets in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I'll make you become fishers for people. And immediately leaving the nets, they followed him. And going ahead a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat preparing the nets. And immediately he called them. And leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers, they went off after him. And they entered into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and began teaching. And people were astounded by his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, and not like the legal experts. And immediately in their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit, and it screamed out, saying, What do you have against us, Jesus Nazarene? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked it, saying, Shut up and get out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing the man and crying in a loud cry came out of him. And everyone was so astonished that they were arguing among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He gives orders even to the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And the report about him immediately went out everywhere into the whole surrounding countryside of Galilee. And immediately coming out of the synagogue, they went into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying down with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And approaching her, he grasped her hand and raised her up, and the fever left her, and she became serving them. Now, when it was evening, after the sunset, people were bringing to him all the sick and the demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various illnesses, and he drove out many demons." And he would not let the demons talk because they knew him. And early in the morning, while still quite dark, he arose, came out, and went off to a desert place and was there praying. And Simon and those with him tracked him down and found him and said to him, Everyone's seeking you. 
And he said to them, Let's go elsewhere to the next villages, so I might proclaim there too, for that's why I came out. And he went proclaiming in their synagogues in all Galilee and driving out the demons. And a leper came to him, pleading with him, falling on his knees and saying to him, If you want to, you can make me clean. And moved by compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I want to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy went from him and he was made clean. And becoming harsh with him, immediately Jesus drove him out and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone at all, but go show yourself to the priest and make for your cleansing the offering Moses prescribed as testimony to them. But going out, he began to proclaim freely and to spread the word, so that Jesus was no longer able to enter openly into a city, but was outside in desert places. And people kept coming in to him from everywhere. And entering back into Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was in a house. And so many people gathered that there was no longer room, not even places at the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And some came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. And not being able to take him to Jesus because of the crowd, they unroofed the roofing where he was. And digging through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are pardoned. Now some of the legal experts were sitting there and thinking in their minds, Why does this man talk like this? He blasphemes. Who can pardon sins except God alone? And immediately, aware in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves, Jesus said to them, Why are you thinking these things in your minds? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are pardoned, or to say, rise and take up your mat and walk. But so that you may see that the Son of Humanity has authority to pardon sins on the earth, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, rise, take up your mat, and go off to your house. And he rose, and immediately, taking up the mat, he went out in front of everyone, so that they were all astounded and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. And he went out again beside the sea, and the whole crowd came to him, and he was teaching them. And passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the toll tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And rising, he followed him. And it happened. Jesus was reclining to eat in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many of them, and they were following him. And the legal experts of the Pharisees, seeing that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why is he eating with the tax collectors and sinners? And hearing it, Jesus said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. I came not to call righteous people, but sinners. And John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why are the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fasting, but your disciples aren't fasting? And Jesus said to them, Can the attendants of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can't fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls from it, the new from the old, and the rip gets worse. 
and no one puts fresh wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the wineskins, and the wine is destroyed along with the wineskins. Instead, put fresh wine into new wineskins. And it happened. Jesus was going through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make a way, picking the heads of the grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is illegal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he had a need, when he and those with him were hungry, how he entered into the house of a God of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate some of the consecrated bread, which it is illegal for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humanity and not humanity for the Sabbath. So the son of humanity is also Lord over the Sabbath. And he entered again into the synagogue and a man was there who had a withered hand and they were watching Jesus closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might bring charges against him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, rise to the center. And Jesus said to them, is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to restore a life or to put to death? And they kept quiet. And looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardening of their minds, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was made new. And going out, the Pharisees immediately held a council with the Herodians against Jesus, how they might destroy him. And Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a huge number of, from Galilee followed, also from Judea and from Jerusalem and from Idumea, across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. A huge number, having heard what he was doing, came to him. And he told his disciples to keep a little boat waiting for him because of the crowd, so they would not press him. For he healed so many people that any who had afflictions would fall on him in order to touch him. And the unclean spirits, when they saw him, would fall down before him and scream, saying, You are the Son of God. And he would rebuke them sharply, not to make him known. And he went up onto the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted. And they went off to him. And he made twelve so that they might be with him. And he might send them off to proclaim and have authority to drive out the demons. And he made the twelve. And Simon, he nicknamed Rock, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, he nicknamed Boanerges, which means son of thunder, sons of thunder. Also Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon, the Canaanian and Judas Iscariot, who also handed him over. And he went to a house and again, such a crowd came together that they were not even able to eat bread. And when his family heard, they came out to seize him, for they were saying, he's out of his mind. And the legal experts who came down from Jerusalem were saying, he's possessed by Beelzebub, and he drives out demons by authority of the ruler of the demons. And summoning them, he began to talk to them in riddles. How is Satan able to drive out Satan? If a rule is divided against itself, that rule isn't able to stand. If a house is divided against itself that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan really did rise up against himself and was divided, he is not able to stand, but is at an end. Yet surely no one is able to enter into the house of the strong one and plunder his goods, unless first he bind the strong one, and then he will plunder his house. 
Amen, I tell you. Everything will be pardoned the children of humanity, their sins and whatever blasphemies they blaspheme. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit won't ever obtain a pardon, but is guilty of a sin to eternity. Because they had been saying, he has an unclean spirit. His mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent someone to him, calling for him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And answering them, he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those seated about him in a circle, he said, Look, here are my mother and my brothers. For those who do the will of God, they are my brother and sister and mother. And again, he began to teach by the sea. And such a huge crowd gathered about him that he climbed into a boat and sat out on the sea. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching many things in riddles. And he was saying to them in his teaching, Here, look, the sower came out to sow. And it happened in the sowing that some seed fell beside the way, and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on the rocky ground, where there was not much soil, and immediately it sprouted up because the soil had no depth. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered. And other seed fell among the thorn plants, and the thorns came up and strangled it, and it did not yield fruit. And other seeds fell on the good soil, and they yielded fruit, coming up and growing, and produced thirty and sixty and a hundred per measure. And he said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And when he was by himself, those around him with the twelve were asking him about the riddles. And he said to them, To you has been given the mystery about the rule of God. But to those outside, everything comes in riddles. So that looking they look and don't see, and hearing they hear and don't understand. Otherwise, they might turn and be pardoned. And he said to them, You don't understand this riddle? And how will you get the other riddles? The sower sows the word. Now there are those beside the way where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And there are those sown on the rocky places who upon hearing the word immediately receive it with joy. And they don't have root in themselves but are short-lived. Then when oppression or persecution comes because of the word, immediately they stumble. And others are those sown among the thorns. Those are the ones who have heard the word and the worries of the age and the lure of wealth and the desires for other things come and strangle the word and it is without fruit. And there are these sown on the good soil who hear the word and receive it and produce fruit. 30 and 60 and 100 per measure. And he said to them, Is the lamp brought to be put under the measuring basket or under the bed? Isn't it to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be made known, and nothing is secret except to come into the open. If any have ears to hear, let them hear. And he said to them, Look at what you hear. By what measure you measure out, it will be measured out to you and increased for you. For to those who have more will be given them, and from those who do not have, 
even what they have will be taken from them. And he said, the rule of God is like this. A man sows the seed on the ground, then sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and lengthens. He doesn't know how. On his own, the earth produces fruit, first a stalk, then a head, then a ripe grain in the head. And when the fruit delivers up its yield, immediately he sends out the sickle, because the harvest stands ready. And he said, To what shall we compare the rule of God? Or into what riddle should we put it? It's like a grain of the mustard weed, which, when sown on the ground, is smallest of all the seeds on the earth. And when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the largest of all the shrubs, and makes such large branches that the birds of heaven are able to nest in its shade. And with many such riddles, he was telling the word to them, as they were able to hear it. And he did not talk to them apart from riddles, but privately, for his own disciples, he would unravel everything. And on that day, when evening came, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him along as he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. And a fierce squall of wind came up, and the waves were dashing up into the boat, so that already the boat was filling, and Jesus was in the stern, on the cushion, sleeping. And they roused him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to be destroyed? And rising, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Silence, shut up! And the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you such cowards? Don't you have faith yet? And they were frightened with great fear, and they were saying to each other, so who is this that even the wind and sea obey him? And they came to the other side of the sea, to the countryside of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, immediately he was met from the graves by a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the graves. And no one was able to bind him any longer, not even with a chain, because he'd been bound often with fetters and chains. But the chains had been broken by him and the fetters torn apart, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And throughout every night and day among the graves and in the mountains, he would scream and slash himself with stones." And seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran and did obeisance to him. And screaming in a loud voice, he said, What do you have against me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I'm putting you on oath by God. Don't torment me. For Jesus was saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out from the man. And Jesus asked him, What's your name? And he said to him, Legion is my name, because we are many. And he began pleading wildly with Jesus not to send them outside the country. Now there beside the mountain, a large herd of pigs was feeding, and the unclean spirits pleaded with him, saying, send us to the pigs so we might enter into them, and he let them. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered into the pigs, and the herd, about 2,000, charged down the bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. And those who had been feeding the pigs fled and reported it in the city and in the fields. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demoniac, the one who had been possessed by the legion, sitting clothed and in his right mind, and they were frightened. And those who had seen it recounted for them how it had happened to the demoniac and about the pigs. And they began to plead with Jesus to go away from their territory. And as Jesus was climbing into the boat, the demoniac began pleading with him that he might go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but instead said to him, Go off to your house, to your family, 
and report to them what the Lord has done for you and how the Lord showed you mercy. And he went off and began to proclaim in the ten cities what things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. And when Jesus had crossed in the boat back over to the other side, a huge crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. And one of the synagogue leaders, Jairus by name, came there. And seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded urgently with him, saying, My little daughter is near death. Come, lay hands on her so she might be restored and live. And Jesus went off with him, and a huge crowd was following him and pressing him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood over the course of 12 years, and she had endured many things under the care of many physicians and spent everything she had and had not been helped at all, but rather was getting worse. And hearing about Jesus, she came from behind in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she had been saying, if I touch just his clothes, I'll be restored. And immediately the source of her bleeding dried up, and she knew in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. And immediately aware in himself of the power that had gone out from him, Jesus turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You're looking at the crowd pressing you, and you say, Who touched me? And Jesus kept looking around to see who had done this. And the woman, frightened and trembling, having realized what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has restored you. Go off in peace and remain free of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people came from the house of the synagogue leader, saying, Your daughter died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus, overhearing the word spoken, said to the synagogue leader, Don't become afraid. Only have faith. And he did not let anyone follow along with him except Rock and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue leader. And Jesus saw a commotion with great sobbing and wailing. And entering, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and sobbing? The little child did not die, but is sleeping. And they began jeering at him. And driving everyone out, he took along the father of the little child and the mother and those with him. And he went in where the little child was, and grasping the hand of the little child, he said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated, little girl, I tell you, rise. And immediately the little girl rose and began walking, for she was 12 years old. And they were immediately stunned with great astonishment. And he ordered them strictly to let no one know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. And he went out from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And when Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were stunned, saying, Where did he get all these things? And what is the wisdom given to him that such works of power come about through his hands? Isn't this the woodworker, the son of Mary, a brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And he was a stumbling block to them. And Jesus said to them, a prophet doesn't lack honor except in his hometown and among his family and in his house. And he was not able to do even one work of power there except he laid his hand on a few ill people and healed them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And he began going around the surrounding villages teaching. And he summoned the 12 and began to send them out two by two 
And he was giving them authority over the unclean spirits, and he was ordering them to take nothing on the way except a walking stick only. No bread, no beggar's bag, no coins in the belt, but to strap on sandals and not wear two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you come out from there. And whatever place doesn't receive you or hear you, go out from there and shake off the dust under your feet as testimony against them. And going out, they proclaimed that people should turn around. And they were driving out many demons and anointing with oil many ill people and healing them. And King Herod heard about Jesus, for his name was becoming known. And people were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and that's why the works of power are working on him. Others were saying, he's Elijah. And others were saying, a prophet like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, the one I beheaded, John, he was raised. For Herod himself had sent out and seized John and bound him in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of Philip, his brother, because Herod had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it's not legal for you to have the wife of your brother. Now Herodias was holding a grudge against John and wanted to put him to death, but she was not able to, for Herod was afraid of John, knowing him to be a just and holy man, and was carefully protecting him. And when he heard him, he was greatly puzzled, but he was glad to hear him. And an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, held a banquet for his greatest leaders and the military officers and the most important people of Galilee. And when Herodias's own daughter entered and danced, she delighted. Herod and those reclining to eat with him. The king said to the little girl, Ask of me whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And he swore an oath to her. Whatever you ask of me, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? She said, the head of John the Baptist. And entering immediately with haste before the king, she asked saying, I want you to give me right now on a plate, the head of John the Baptist. And the king became profoundly sad, but because of the oaths and those reclining to eat, he did not want to refuse her. And immediately sending for an executioner, the king ordered him to bring John's head. And going off, he beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a plate and gave it to the little girl. And the little girl gave it to her mother. And when John's disciples heard, they came and took the corpse and placed it in a grave. And those who had been sent out gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, you come privately to a desert place and rest a while. For so many people were coming and going that the disciples did not even have an opportunity to eat. And they went off in a boat to a desert place privately. And many people saw them going and recognized them and ran together there on foot from all the cities and arrived ahead of them. And getting out of the boat, Jesus saw a huge crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them at length. And since it was already a late hour, his disciples approached him and said, the place is a desert and it's already a late hour. Disband them so they might go off to the surrounding fields and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And answering them, he said, you give them something to eat. And they said, are we to go off and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? He said to them, how many loaves have you? 
go see. And finding out, they said, five and two fish. And he ordered them to have everyone recline group by group on the green grass. And they reclined to eat by companies of a hundred and of fifty. And taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And he had them distribute the two fish to everyone. And everyone ate and was filled. And the disciples took up 12 basketfuls of scraps and leftover fish. And there were 5,000 people who ate the bread. And immediately he compelled his disciples to climb into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, toward Bethsaida, while he himself disbanded the crowd. And taking leave of the crowd, he went off to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on land. And seeing them straining at the rowing, for the wind was against them, about the fourth watch of the night, he went toward them, walking on the sea. And he wanted to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought, it's a ghost, and screamed out, for they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said to them, Take courage, I am, don't be afraid. And he went up to them into the boat, and the wind stopped. And they were completely stunned within themselves. They had not understood about the loaves. Rather, their minds were hardened. And crossing over to the land, they came to Gennesareth and docked. And when they got out of the boat, immediately people immediately recognized Jesus and ran around the whole region and began to carry the sick on their mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he entered into villages or cities or into fields, they would place the sick in the markets and plead with him that they might touch just the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were restored. And the Pharisees and some of the legal experts came from Jerusalem and gathered around him. And seeing that some of his disciples were eating bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, for the Pharisees and all the Judeans do not eat unless they wash their hands up to the elbows, thus observing the tradition of the elders, and they do not eat anything from the market unless they purify it. And there are many other traditions that they have received to adhere to, such as cleansings for cups and pitchers and kettles. The Pharisees and the legal experts asked him, why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders, but instead eat bread with defiled hands? He said to them, how well Isaiah prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their minds are far away from me. In vain they worship me, teaching teachings that are human teachings. Having abandoned the ordinance of God, you adhere to the tradition of humans. And he said to them, how well you nullify the ordinance of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever pr pronounces misfortune on father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever might have been a benefit to you from me is Corbin that is, devoted to God. You no longer allow him to do anything at all for his father or mother, thus annulling the word of God by your tradition that you handed on. And you do many other things like this. And summoning the crowd again, he said to them, hear me, everyone, and understand. 
There is nothing from outside people that by going into them is able to defile them. Instead, the things that come out from people are the things that defile people. And when he entered into a house away from the crowd, his disciples were asking him about the riddle. And he said to them, don't you understand this either? Don't you see that nothing entering into people from the outside is able to defile them? Because it doesn't enter into their minds, but into their stomachs and goes out into the latrine, thereby pronouncing all foods clean. He said, what comes out from people, that is what defiles people. From inside, from the minds of people, come the evil designs, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, expressions of greed, malicious acts, deceit, immorality, envious eye, blasphemy, arrogance, reckless folly. All these evils come out from inside and defile people. Now from there he arose and went off to the territory of Tyre. And entering into a house, he wanted no one to know about him. But he was unable to escape notice. Rather, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she asked Jesus to drive the demon from her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it isn't good to take the bread for the children and throw it to the little dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, and the little dogs down under the table eat some of the little children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this word, go on off. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And going off to her house, she found the little girl thrown on the bed and the demon gone out. And coming back out of the territory of Tyre, he went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, up the middle of the territory of the ten cities. And people brought to him a deaf and tongue-tied man and pleaded with Jesus to lay his hand on him. And taking him off from the crowd privately, Jesus thrust his fingers into his ears and with spittle touched the man's tongue. And looking up to heaven, he groaned and said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and the binding of his tongue was loosed and he was talking clearly. And Jesus was ordering them to tell no one, but the more he was ordering them, the more they insisted on proclaiming it. And people were utterly astounded, saying, He's done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. In those days when again there was a huge crowd and they did not have anything to eat, Jesus summoned the disciples and said to them, I have compassion for the crowd because already for three days they've stayed with me and they don't have anything to eat. And if I disband them hungry to their houses, they'll become faint on the way. And some of them have come from a distance. And his disciples answered him, How will anyone be able to satisfy these people with bread here in a desert? And he asked them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven. And he ordered the crowd to recline on the ground. And taking the seven loaves, giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute. And they distributed them to the crowd. And they had a few little fish. And blessing them, he told the disciples to distribute these also. And people ate and were satisfied. And the disciples took up seven baskets full of scraps. Now there were about 4,000 people. And Jesus disbanded them. And immediately, climbing into the boat with his disciples, he went to the district of Dalmanutha. 
And the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. And groaning deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I tell you. Surely a sign won't be given to this generation. And leaving them, he embarked again and went off to the other side. And the disciples forgot to take bread, and except for one loaf, they did not have any with them in the boat. And he was giving them orders, saying, Beware, look out for the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing among themselves, We don't have bread. And becoming aware of this, he said to them, Why are you discussing that you don't have bread? Don't you understand or comprehend yet? Are your minds hardened? Having eyes, don't you see? And having ears, don't you hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 people? How many baskets full of scraps did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many hand baskets full of scraps did you take up? And they said, Seven. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? And they came to Bethsaida, and people brought to Jesus a blind man and pleaded with him to touch him. And taking hold of the hand of the blind man, he led him outside the village. And spitting onto his eyes, laying his hands on, he asked him, Do you see anything? And looking up, he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And Jesus again laid his hand on his eyes, and the man looked intently and was made new and saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him to his house, saying, Don't enter into the village. And Jesus and his disciples went out to the village around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others, one of the prophets. And he answered them, But who do you say I am? Rock answered and said to him, You are the anointed one. And he rebuked them that they should tell no one. And he began to teach them, It's necessary for the Son of Humanity to endure many things, and to be rejected by the elders and the high priests and the legal experts, and to be put to death, and after three days, rise. And he was speaking the word plainly, and taking him aside, Rock began to rebuke him. But Jesus, turning and seeing his disciples, rebuked Rock and said, Get behind me, Satan, because you are not thinking in God's terms, but in human terms. And summoning the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, If any want to follow after me, let them renounce themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For all who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who will lose their lives for me and the good news will save them. For what does it profit people to acquire the whole world and forfeit their lives? For what would people give in exchange for their lives? For all who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, also the Son of Humanity will be ashamed of them when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Amen, I tell you, there are some of those standing here who will definitely not taste death before they have seen the rule of God come in power. So we are halfway through the Gospel of Mark. We're going to do about a five-minute intermission. So I think it's 6.13 right now. So it's 6.18, well, 6.19, we'll say. Let's just say 6.20. Sound good? <laughs> 6.20, be back here, and we will continue, and we will get to the Passion and do the rest of the Gospel of Mark. So 6.20, we'll continue again.
Well, welcome back, everybody. We're going to get back into the Gospel of Mark here. And to do so, to transition back into it, let me just offer up a word of prayer again. So please pray with me. Lord, continue to speak to us through your scriptures. May your Holy Spirit fill this place, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide us. And may this be a worshipful experience now. As we turn towards the end of the Gospel of Mark, and we focus on when you went to the cross, when you died, and when you were resurrected. So, Lord, speak to us through your scriptures. Amen. Amen. And after six days, Jesus took along Rock and James and John and brought them up to a high mountain privately by themselves. And he was transformed before them, and his clothes became dazzling, intensely white, like no launderer on earth is able to whiten. And Elijah appeared with, to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Rock responded and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good we're here. We should set up three shelters, one for you and one for Moses, one for Elijah, for he did not know how to respond, for they were so frightened. And a cloud came overshadowing them, and there was a voice from the cloud. This one is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone except Jesus alone with them. And while they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus ordered them to recount to no one what they had seen until after the Son of Humanity had risen from the dead. And they seized on this word, arguing among themselves what risen from the dead meant. And they asked him, saying, Why do the legal experts say that it's necessary for Elijah to come first? And he said to them, If Elijah comes first to put everything right, then how is it written about the Son of Humanity that he is to endure many things and be scorned? On the contrary, I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did to him whatever they wanted to, just as it's written about him. And coming to the disciples, they saw a huge crowd around them and legal experts arguing with them. And immediately on seeing them, the whole crowd was astonished and began running up and greeting him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you because he has a mute spirit. And wherever it takes hold of him, it hurls him down, and he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth and stiffens up. And I told your disciples to drive it out, and they weren't strong enough. He answered them and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And upon seeing Jesus, the spirit immediately convulsed the child, and he fell to the ground and was writhing about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has it been happening like this to him? He said, from childhood, and often it has thrown him even into fire and into water in order to destroy him. But if you're able to do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you're able, everything is possible to one who has faith. Immediately, the father of the boy screamed and said, I have faith. Help my lack of faith. 
Seeing that a crowd was running together, Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Mute and deaf spirit, I order you, get out of him and don't ever enter into him again. And screaming and convulsing him repeatedly, it came out. And the boy became so like a corpse that most were saying, he died. But Jesus grasped his hand and raised him up and he rose. And when Jesus entered into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why weren't we able to drive it out? And he said to them, it isn't possible for anyone to drive out this kind except by prayer. And going out from there, they were passing through Galilee, and Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, and he was telling them, the son of humanity is to be handed over to human hands, and they will put him to death. And three days after being put to death, he will rise. But they did not understand what he said, and they were afraid to ask him. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept quiet, for on the way they had been discussing with each other who was greatest. And sitting down, he summoned the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be most important, that person will be least of all and servant of all. And taking a little child, he stood in their midst, and putting his arms around her, he said to them, All who receive one such little child in my name receive me, and all who receive me receive not me, but the one who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried stopping him because he wasn't following us. And Jesus said, Don't stop him, for there is no one who will do a work of power by my name and very soon after be able to pronounce misfortune on me. For all who are not against us are for us. For all who offer you a cup of water based on a name, because you are under the anointed one, amen, I tell you, they will definitely not lose their reward. And all who cause one of these little ones who have faith to stumble, it would be better for them if instead a large millstone had been hung around their neck and they'd been thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go off into Gehenna to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter into the rule of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna where the maggot doesn't die and the fire isn't quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt becomes no longer able to preserve, how will you restore it? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. And ask, arising from there, he went into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And again, crowds gathered around him. And as way his custom, again, he was teaching them. And Pharisees approached and asked him if it were legal for a husband to dismiss his wife, testing him. He answered and said to them, what did Moses order you? They said, Moses allowed him to write up a notice of divorce and to dismiss her. Jesus said to them, Because of your calloused minds, he wrote this ordinance for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will be as one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. So what God has yoked together, no human is to separate. And in the house again, his disciples were asking him about this. And he said to them, whoever dismisses his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if that woman, having dismissed her husband, marries another, she commits adultery. And the people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. Now when Jesus saw it, he got angry and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the rule of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I tell you, whoever does not receive the rule of God like a little child will definitely not enter into it. And putting his arms around them, laying his head hands on them, he was blessing them all. And he was setting out on the way, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit life eternal? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the ordinances. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't testify falsely. Don't defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to Jesus, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him intently, loved him and said to him, You lack only one thing. Go sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have fortune in heaven, and come follow me. But become dejected at this word, he went away sad, for the man had a lot of property. And looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have possessions to enter into the rule of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. Jesus again answered and said to them, children, how hard it is to enter into the rule of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person to enter into the rule of God. But they were completely stunned, saying among, the, among themselves, then who can be saved? Looking at them intently, Jesus said, for humans, it's impossible, but not for God, for everything is possible for God. Rock began saying to him, look, we left everything and have followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I tell you. There's no one who has left a house or brothers or sisters or a mother or a father or children or fields for me and for the good news who does not receive a hundred times as many now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the coming age, life eternal. But many who are most important will be least in the least most important. Now they were on their way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going ahead of them, and they were dazed, and those who were following were afraid. And again, taking aside the twelve, he began to tell them the things that were about to happen to him. Look, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Humanity will be handed over to the high priests and the legal experts, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and put him to death, and after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him, saying to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Give us a place to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? 
or to be baptized with the baptism by which I am about to be baptized? And they said to him, we're able. Jesus said to them, the cup I am about to drink, you will drink. And the baptism which I am about to be baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right or left is not mine to give. Rather, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the other 10 heard, they began to get angry at James and John. And summoning them, Jesus said to them, you know that those considered to be rulers over the Gentile nations lord over them and their great ones exert authority over them, but it is not to be like that among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be most important among you will be slave of all. For even the son of humanity came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. And they came to Jericho. And as he was coming out from Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, the son of Timaeus and Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting beside the way. And hearing that it was the that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to scream and say, Son of David, Jesus, show me mercy. And many were rebuking him to be quiet, but he was screaming all the louder, Son of David, show me mercy. And stopping, Jesus said, Summon him. And they summoned the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, rise, he's summoning you. And throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbon, for me to see again. And Jesus said to him, Go off, your faith has restored you. And immediately he saw again, and he began following Jesus on the way. And when they came near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethania at the Mountain of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately as you're entering into it, you'll find a donkey colt tied up, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? You say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went off and found a donkey, a a colt tied up at a door outside on the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And the disciples told them just as Jesus had said, and they let them take it. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many people spread their cloaks onto the way, and others spread leafy branches cut from the field. And those going ahead and those following were screaming, Hosanna! Blessed is the one coming in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming rule of our father David! Hosanna in the highest places. And he entered into Jerusalem, into the temple. And after looking around at everything, the hour being already late, he went out to Bethania with the twelve. And on the following day, after coming out from Bethania, he was hungry. And seeing from a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to it to see if, perhaps, he might find figs on it. And coming to it, he found nothing except leaves, for it was not the right time for figs. And responding, he said to it, May no one any longer ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him. And they came into Jerusalem. And entering into the temple, Jesus began to drive out those selling and those buying in the temple. And he upended the tables of those changing money in the chairs of those selling doves. 
and he would not let anyone carry anything across the temple. And he began teaching and saying to them, isn't it written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the Gentile nations, but you have made it a lair for bandits. And the high priests and the legal experts heard, and they began seeking how they might destroy him, for they were afraid of him. For the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went outside the city. And passing by early in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from its roots up. And remembering, Rock said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And answering, Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. Amen, I tell you, all who say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and do not doubt in their mind, but have faith that what they say will happen, it will be so for them. Therefore, I tell you, regarding everything you pray for and ask for, have faith that you have gotten it and it will be so for you. And whenever you stand praying, pardon whatever you have against anyone so that your father in the heavens might also pardon you your offenses. And they came back into Jerusalem. And while Jesus was walking in the temple, the high priests and the legal experts and the elders came to him and said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus said to them, I'll ask you one question. Answer me and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from humans? Answer me. And they began discussing among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he'll say, Then why didn't you put faith in him? But if we say from humans, they were afraid of the crowd, for everyone held that John really had been a prophet. And answering Jesus, they said, We don't know. And Jesus said to them, Neither am I telling you by what authority I do these things. And he began to tell them in riddles. A man planted a vineyard and put a hedge around it and dug out a pit for the wine vat and built a watchtower and leased it out to farmers and went away. And he sent a slave to the farmers at the right time to get from the farmers some fruits of the vineyard. And taking him, they beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And again, he sent them another slave. And that one they struck on the head and dishonored. And he sent another, and that one they put to death. And many others, some they flogged and some they put to death. Still he had one more, a beloved son. He sent him to them last, saying, they will have respect for my son. But those farmers said to each other, this one is the heir. Come on, let's put him to death and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and put him to death and threw him outside the vineyard. So what will the Lord of the vineyard do? He'll come and destroy the farmers and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you ever read this writing? That stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord and it is astonishing in our eyes. And they began seeking how to seize him, but they were afraid of the crowd for they knew that he had told the riddle against them. And leaving him, they went off. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. And coming to him, they said, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and do not defer to anyone, for you don't look to human reactions, but truthfully teach the way of God. Is it legal to give a tribute payment to the emperor or not? Should we give or not give? 
And seeing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius so I might see it. They brought one. And he said to them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? They said to him, the emperor's. Jesus said to them, what belongs to the emperor, give back to the emperor. And what belongs to God, give back to God. And they were utterly amazed by him. And Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies and leaves behind a wife and doesn't leave a child, then his brother is to take the wife and raise up a descendant for his brother. Well, there were seven brothers, and the first took a wife, and when he died, he did not leave behind a descendant. And the second took her, and he died without leaving behind a descendant, and the third did likewise. None of the seven left behind a descendant. Last of all, the wife died too. In the resurrection, when people rise, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as a wife. Jesus said to them, aren't you misled because of this? You don't know either the writings or the power of God. For when people rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for their dead, that they rise, haven't you read in the scroll from Moses in the passage about the bush, about how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? God is not a God of dead people, but of living people. You are greatly misled. And one of the legal experts approached, heard them arguing, saw how well Jesus answered them and asked him, which is the most important obedience of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with your whole mind and with your whole life and with your whole intelligence and with your whole strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other ordinance greater than these. And the legal expert said to him, How well you say, truthfully, teacher, that he is the only one and there is no other beside him, and to love him with the whole mind and with the whole understanding and with the whole strength, and to love the neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And seeing that he had answered wisely, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the rule of God, and no one dared to question him further. And speaking up while teaching in the temple, Jesus said, How do the legal experts say that the anointed one is the son of David? David himself said, By the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my right, while I put your enemies down under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And the huge crowd heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, Look out for the legal experts who want to walk about in flowing robes and who want formal greetings in the markets and the most important seats in the synagogues and the most important places at the banquets, the ones who eat up the houses of the widows and for appearance offer long prayers. They will get the most severe judgment. And sitting down opposite the treasury box, he was observing how the crowd was putting coins into the treasury. And many wealthy people were putting in large amounts. And one poor widow came in and put two lepta, which makes a quadrants. And summoning his disciples, Jesus said to them, Amen, I tell you. This poor widow put in more than all those who put into the treasury box. For everyone else put in out of their surplus. 
But this woman, out of her need, put in everything she had, her whole living. And as he was coming out from the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what stones and what buildings. And Jesus said to him, You see these great buildings? Definitely not a stone will be left upon a stone here that will not be pulled down. And while he was sitting on the Mountain of Olives, opposite the temple, Rock and James and John and Andrew were asking him privately, tell us, when will these things be? And what will the sign be when all these things are about to be brought to an end? And Jesus began to tell them, look out that no one mislead you. Many will come in my name saying, I am, and mislead many. Now when you hear battles and reports of battles, don't be alarmed. It's necessary for those things to happen, but it's not yet the end. For a nation will rise against nation and realm against realm. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. And you look out for yourselves. They will hand you over to Sanhedrins, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings on accounts of me as testimony to them. And it's necessary first for the good news to be proclaimed to all the Gentile nations. And when they lead you away, handing you over, don't be anxious ahead what you should say. Rather, say what is given to you in that hour, for you won't be the one speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will hand over brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and put them to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But those who endure to the end will be saved. Now when you see the desolating horror standing where it's necessary that it not stand, let the public reader understand, then those in Judea are to flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the rooftop is to come down without entering to get something from the house. And whoever is in the field is not to turn back to get a cloak. How awful it will be for those who are pregnant and those nursing a child in those days. Pray that it does not happen in winter. For those days will be an oppression the like which has not happened from the beginning of creation that God created until now and definitely will not happen again. And if the Lord had not cut short the number of days, no flesh would be saved. But because of the chosen ones whom God chose, God cut short the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here's the anointed one, look there, don't put faith in it. For false anointed ones and false prophets will rise up and give signs and portents to lead astray, if possible, the chosen ones. But you, look out. I've told you everything ahead. However, in those days after that oppression, the sun will be darkened and the moon won't give its light and the stars will be falling from the heavens and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then people will behold the Son of Humanity coming on clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather the chosen ones from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Now from the fig tree, learn the riddle. When its shoots have already become tender and it is sprouting leaves, you know that summer is near. So also you, when you see these things happening, you know that he is near, at the doors. Amen, I tell you. This generation will definitely not pass away before all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will definitely not pass away. But about that day or the hour, no one knows it, 
Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the Father. Look out, stay awake, for you do not know when the right time will be. It's like a man off on a trip, on leaving his house and giving authority to his slaves to each their work. He also ordered the doorkeeper to keep watch. So keep watch, for you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the rooster crow or early in the morning. Otherwise, he might come unexpectedly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were two days away, and the high priests and the legal experts were seeking how to seize Jesus by deceit and put him to death. For they were saying, not during the festival, or there will be a riot of the populace. And Jesus was reclining to eat in Bethania at the house of Simon the leper. And a woman came with an alabaster flask of very expensive pure nard ointment. Breaking open the alabaster flask, she began pouring ointment on his head. But some were angry among themselves. Why has this ointment been wasted? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they were harsh with her. But Jesus said, let her be. Why are you giving her trouble? It's a good work she has worked for me. For the poor you always have among you, and whenever you want, you're able to do good for them, but you won't always have me. What she was able to do, she did. She anointed my body ahead for the burial. Amen, I tell you. Wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman did will also be told as a remembrance of her. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went off to the high priest to hand Jesus over to him. When they heard, they rejoiced and promised to give him silver. And he began seeking how, at some opportunity, he might hand him over. And on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to slaughter the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go off and prepare for you to eat the Passover meal? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go off to the city, and a man bearing a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and where he enters, you tell the master of the house. The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I am to eat the Passover meal with my disciples? And he'll show you a large upstairs furnished room and ready, and you prepare for us there. And the disciples went out and came into the city and found things just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And while they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, Amen, I tell you, one of you will hand me over, one eating with me. And they began to be sad, and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, One of the twelve, the one dipping bread with me in the same bowl. The son of humanity goes just as it is written about him. But how awful for that human by whom the son of humanity is handed over. Better for him if he had not been born. And while they were eating, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. And taking a cup, offering thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant that is about to be poured out for many. Amen, I tell you, I will not drink any longer from the produce of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the rule of God. And after singing a psalm, they went out to the mountain of the olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all stumble, because it is written, 
I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised, I'll go ahead of you to Galilee. Rock said to him, even if everyone else stumbles, at least I won't. And Jesus said to him, amen, I tell you, today, this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will renounce me three times. But he kept saying wildly, even if it's necessary for me to die with you, I'll definitely not renounce you. And they were all saying the same thing. And they came to a place with the name Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took along with him Rock and James and John, and he began to be alarmed and anguished. And he said to them, my life is profoundly sad to death. Stay here and keep watch. And going ahead a little, he fell to the ground and began praying that if it were possible, the hour might pass away from him. And he said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Rock, Simon, are you sleeping? Weren't you strong enough to watch a single hour? Keep watch, all of you, and pray that you don't come to a testing. The spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. And again, going off, he prayed the same word. And again, coming back, he found them sleeping. For their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, are you going to sleep through and keep resting? It's over. The hour has come. Look, the son of humanity is about to be handed over to the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Look, the one who was handing me over has arrived. And immediately while he was still talking, Judas, one of the 12, approached and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the high priests and the legal experts and the elders. Now the one handing him over had given them a signal saying, the one I kiss, that's him. Seize him and lead him away under security. And coming immediately, he went up to him and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And they put hands on him and seized him. But one of those standing by drew his sword, struck the slave of the high priest and cut off a little piece of his ear. And responding, Jesus said to them, did you come out with swords and clubs as against a bandit to capture me? Day after day, I was among you in the temple teaching, and you didn't seize me. But so the writings might be fulfilled. And leaving him, the disciples all fled. And a certain young man was following him, wearing only a linen cloth around his naked body. And they tried to seize him. But leaving the linen cloth behind, he fled naked. And they led Jesus off to the headquarters of the high priest. And all the high priests and the elders and the legal experts assembled. And Rock followed him from a distance on inside into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting together with the guards and warming himself in the firelight. Now the high priests and the whole Sanhedrin were seeking testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death. But they were not finding any. For many were testifying falsely against him and their testimony did not agree. And some rose and testified falsely against him saying, We ourselves heard him say, I will pull down this sanctuary made with hands and in three days build another not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. And rising to the center, the high priest asked Jesus, saying, aren't you answering anything at all? What are these people testifying against you? But he kept quiet and did not answer anything at all. Again, the high priest asked him and said to him, 
Are you the anointed one, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will all behold the son of humanity sitting on the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The high priest, tearing his vestments, said, What further need have we for witnesses? You heard the blasphemy. How does it appear to you? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and hit him and say to him, Prophesy! And the guards began beating him. And Rock was down in the courtyard when one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. And seeing Rock warming himself, looked closely at him and said, You were with the Nazarene Jesus too. But he renounced her, saying, I don't know or understand what you're talking about. And he went outside to the courtyard entryway, and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and again began to say to those standing nearby, This man is one of them. But again, he renounced her. And after a little while, those standing by said again to Rock, You really are one of them, for you're a Galilean too. But he began to put himself under a curse and to swear an oath. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, for the second time, a rooster crowed. And Rock remembered the saying how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will renounce me three times. And lurching off, he began sobbing. And immediately, early in the morning, the high priest held a council with the elders and legal experts and the whole Sanhedrin, bound Jesus, took him away, and handed him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Judeans? Answering him, he said, You say so. And the high priests were bringing many charges against him. And Pilate again asked him, saying, Aren't you answering anything at all? Look how many charges they're bringing against you. But Jesus no longer answered anything at all, with the result that Pilate was amazed. Now at festivals it was his custom to release for them one prisoner whom they requested. Now the one called Barabbas was bound in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. And coming up, the crowd began to ask Pilate to do as he customarily did for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Judeans? For he knew that the high priest had turned him over out of envy. But the high priest had stirred up the crowd to ask them instead to release Barabbas for them. Pilate again responded and said to them, Then what should I do with the one you call king of the Judeans? They screamed back, Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Why? What evil did he do? But they screamed even louder, Crucify him! Pilate, wishing to do the satisfactory thing for the crowd, released Barabbas to them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away inside the courtyard, which is a praetorium. And they called together the entire cohort. And they put a purple cloak on him. And weaving thorn branches into a crown, they set it on him. And they began to greet him. Hail, King of the Judeans. And they were beating him over the head with a reed staff and spitting on him. And getting on their knees, they were doing obeisance to him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple cloak off him 
and put his own clothes back on him and led him out to crucify him. And they drafted someone passing by, coming in from a field, Simon the Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to take up his cross. And they brought Jesus to the place Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they tried giving him wine drugged with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, and they divided up his clothes, casting lots for them who might get what. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him was inscribed, The King of the Judeans. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. And those passing by were blaspheming him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha! The one who is about to pull down the sanctuary and build one in three days, get down off the cross and save yourself. In the same way, also the high priests with the legal experts were mocking him to each other and saying, he restored others, but he can't save himself. Let the anointed one, the king of Israel, get down now off the cross so we might see and have faith. And those being crucified along with him were ridiculing him. And when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three and at three, Jesus cried out in a loud cry, Eloi, Eloi, lemes hamachthani, which means, my God, my God, why did you abandon me? And some of those standing by heard it and said, look, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran, filled the sponge with cheap wine, put it on a reed staff and offered him a drink saying, let him be. Let's see if Elijah comes down to take him. And Jesus let out a cry and died. And the curtain of the sanctuary was ripped in two from top to bottom. Now, when the centurion who was standing in front of him saw how he died, he said, truthfully, this man was son of God. Now, there were also women watching from a distance, among them Mary the Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome, who had been following him and serving him when he was in Galilee, and many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. And because evening had already come, and it was a preparation day, which is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph from Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was himself also expecting the rule of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now Pilate was amazed that he had died already, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead long. And finding out from the centurion, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And buying linen cloth, taking him down, Joseph wrapped him in the cloth and placed him in a grave that was hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a stone up against the door of the grave. Mary the Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph were observing where he was placed. And when the Sabbath passed... Mary the Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought aromatic oils so that they might go and anoint him. And very early in the morning, on the first day after the Sabbath, they were going toward the grave just as the sun came up. And they were saying to each other, who will roll the stone away from the door for the grave for us? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering into the grave, they saw a young man sitting on the right, wearing a white robe, and they were completely alarmed. He said to them, don't be alarmed. You're seeking Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He was raised. He's not here. 
Look, the place where they put him. But go, tell his disciples, even rock, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will behold him just as he told you. And coming out, they fled from the grave, for they were trembling and stunned, and they said nothing to anyone at all, for they were afraid. Amen. Please pray with me. Lord, may this story that we've just heard take over our imaginations. May the truth in this story take over our lives, Lord. May we go from this place telling others about the fact that you were raised, telling others about the hope that we have that you were raised, that death was overcome. Lord, we thank you for this evening now. Send us out from here, not afraid, but confident in the truth of your resurrection. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So first off, can we give a round of applause for our readers? Thank you all. And I just want to invite you all, tomorrow morning we'll have our normal worship services, 9 o'clock and 10.30. Pastor Jonathan will be giving a report from the mission trip down to Mexico um, tomorrow morning. So I invite you to that. As you go from here, may you go with the truth of the gospel on your hearts. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. God bless you.